Hello, my name is Jim. Thank you for being with us today. This is Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us on the web at babyboomertales.com. There you can find many different ways to listen to this podcast, including Apple Podcasts, and you can access the podcast right there from our webpage. Thank you for being here today. I always appreciate you taking your time to listen. Today, the title of our podcast is On Top of Jordan. When I was about 60 years old, I took a trip to the Mideast, and that trip was supposed to entail Israel, Egypt, and Jordan, but Egypt had a bunch of unrest, and that got cut out of the agenda, so I went to Israel and Jordan. When we went into Jordan, we left Jerusalem and traveled to Jordan, went through all the customs, and all of a sudden, the... uh, the whole culture changed. The one thing I really noticed the most was on the roofs of all the houses, or large majority of the houses, rebar was sticking out, just sticking everywhere up in the air. So I asked our tour guide what that was all about. And the culture there, the oldest son, it is a privilege when he becomes of age, when he gets a family of his own, He lives in the family home, and so that is designed to give the oldest son living space for his family. They live generations all in the same home, unlike us Americans, that the kid gets to be 18 or 21 or 27 or whatever, and you kick them out of the nest finally, or they leave on their own. And so we asked him, you know, why would you want to do that? And he explained that it was a great privilege and an honor to be able to be chosen to carry on the family home and to be with his grandparents and his parents and nurture and and show great high respect. And that will happen to him someday also as his children and his children's children get older and move into the home. I don't know how high these houses go, and probably the houses that have the rebar are newer homes that, you know, once great-grandma dies, you can take over her area, I'm sure. But I thought that was kind of a, a, a neat cultural thing that us Americans have kind of lost. Now, do I want my children living with me? Not necessarily. And I don't want to raise my grandchildren but if they, I had to, if I was put in a situation, I would gladly accept that role. But that's just our culture opposed to theirs. And I think that that culture is kind of cool, actually. Kind of cool. I wish I would have gotten to know my grandparents better. And living with them, there's no better way to get to know someone than to live with them. So here we are in Jordan. And if you remember right, when I was a kid... King Hussein of Jordan was a great friend of the United States. They always showed him on the news and all all the stuff that was happening over there because there's always been great unrest in the Middle East. But today's generations just, you say Hussein and they pretty much think of Saddam Hussein or there's a few other Husseins in the news that we hear and, and recognize. But King Hussein is one of those lost to history now in our culture, but he was a great friend of ours. 
our destination when we entered Jordan was basically one thing, and that was to go to Petra. Petra is an area that people had lived in for thousands and thousands of years. It was kind of featured in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And the reason why is because of the archaeology and the architecture there. And it's amazing. They carved buildings, for lack of a better word, or storefronts or home fronts out of, out of rock, out of sheer cliffs of rock. As you get to Jordan, it's always it's a huge tourist destination. And before we, we got there, the, the, we spent the night in a Bedouin village resort. And the Bedouins were nomadic tribes that had been through all that area for thousands of years. And, but this thing was fashioned after a, a Bedouin village, and it was a pretty nice hotel. And, you know, they had uh, every restaurant you went to there had hookah bars, and, and uh, the food was pretty good. I'm not sure what I was eating sometimes, but the food was pretty good. The next day we got up and we went to Petra, and when you first arrive at Petra, it's a madhouse. There's so many tourists and buses and tours and there's three ways you can get in. You can walk in, of course, and that's the way we chose to do. You can ride a horse in, and <laughs> that's pretty wild. The people riding horses that normally wouldn't be riding horses, you know, holding on for dear life, bouncing up and down, kind of trotting down through this kind of tunnel. It's a, the walls are so high and winding, it almost gives you the feel that it's a tunnel. Or you can take a carriage or a buggy. And somebody drives you, and, and you ride in luxury. So you got to watch out for the horses and the buggies as you walk through. But as you walk through this passageway, it has to be a mile or a mile and a half. There's a waterway kind of carved into the rocks. So water would stream into this place. Because this is in the desert, but it's a mountainous desert. There's mountains all around, and rugged-looking red type mountains and just absolutely beautiful but it's desert i mean there's not a bunch of trees growing on them and stuff it's just looks like a rock area that eroded into these rugged mountains once you get into petra you turn a corner and all of a sudden there's the treasury and i believe this is what was featured on indiana jones but it's this huge structure carved into the into the rock and it looks like columns uh holding up the the roof and big entranceways and windows and all this stuff they don't let you into it but you could observe it from the outside and there's uh, thousands of people running around and and camels and vendors and all this stuff but it's very impressive quite impressive and as you walk around, there are places like the treasury, but not maybe as impressive, that people actually live. There's tombs carved into the hill, into the rock and all that. And, and it's a, quite a large area. I, I don't know how many thousands of people it would have filled back in its heyday. But it had been there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And now it's just a, a great tourist spot. But the one place that we wanted to uh, go to, and this was not my wife and me, but my friend Jesse and me. We wanted to go up to uh, what they call the high place. If I can say this word right in, in Arabic, it's all 
Madhaba. And up there, there were rumors that maybe they had human sacrifices. It was definitely a place of sacrifice, and I don't think human sacrifice has ever been proven that it happened there. But that's kind of the rumor and kind of the selling point why you would want to go up there and see this. But before we went, we uh, took a ride on a, on a camel. My wife had one camel. I had a camel. Jesse and his wife each had camels. And there were other people we knew that were riding camels. And I have a picture of me. I look like this little old man hanging on for dear life. If you've ever ridden a camel, it's not like riding a horse. They have these feet that kind of go off and they kind of feel in the crevice of the rock and grab and and walk and they sway around and they're not the nicest of animals either and it's quite the experience i would highly recommend riding a camel i think you can do that here in the united states if you just find a place i doubt it would cost too much to ride a camel but after the camel ride was all over jesse and i decided to go up to the high place and check it out well, they said it's something like 700 stairs up to this place. And the old stairs are pretty much, I, I believe, they're the original from how many thousands of years ago. But we came up with this plan to rent a donkey. So we each rented a donkey from this boy. He's a big boy, but he's probably about 12, maybe 13 years old. But he's a big kid. And with the renting the donkeys, we got him as our tour guide. I believe that he wanted to keep track of his donkeys is why. So it was weird. We start riding up and I realized I'm on the small donkey and Jesse's on the larger donkey. Well, I'm a head taller than Jesse and I easily have 50 pounds on him. And here I am on this little donkey and that poor guy was going up these stairs and he's stumbling and stuff. And Jesse's donkey, you know, it's like easy going for his donkey and my poor donkey is struggling and you look down and there's 500 foot drop off you think you're just going to topple over and die it's quite quite a uh, experience it's definitely a rush and it caused a lot of a uh, lot of anxiety in my my well-being but it was fun and i laughed all the way and I held on for dear life and I kept talking to my donkey and patting him on the head and saying he could do it, coaxing him on. And finally, you know, the boy kept talking about his mother and his sisters were going to be up ways because that's where he lived. And we finally turned this corner. Here's all these women. And what they were doing was they were selling stuff. Now, I don't know if they were his mother and his sisters. But that's the way they made their living. So we made some, we bought some stuff, you know, little souvenir trinkets. Then we went on. We went on until we got to the top. When we got to the top of the mountain, the boy explained to us that he could take us back down for a fee and we could go over. You could see this other mountain over there was not as tall. And you could see that there were some donkeys over there being ridden. And he explained to us how we could take this grand tour for only, I don't know, $29.99. And to throw in the second one free or something, you know, kind of like an infomercial. But we passed on that and decided to walk down. Going up a mountain on a donkey that you're too big for is one thing. But going down, I don't know. Uh, so... Anyway, we get there, and we look, and it was really kind of anticlimactic for me. 
the whole thrill of the whole deal was going up the mountain on the donkey. I would highly recommend that over climbing. I mean, if you're a, a fitness buff and you want to do 700 stairs, and I don't know how long it takes you to do 700 stairs, that's fine. That's fine. But we rode a donkey and we walked down. It didn't seem to take very long going down. It took a long time going up. Never saw anybody getting sacrificed or even any little goats getting sacrificed. All that's a thing of the past. It's just in lore anymore. We just hear about it and think about it. Place it in your mind. When we were all done at Petra, we got on a bus and went on down the mountain to the south and ended up in Aquaba. And the Gulf of Aquaba or the Bay of Aquaba is there and it's on the Red Sea. And we checked out of Jordan there, went through customs, went back into Israel. And the city right next to Aquaba is Elat, Israel. And it's on the Red Sea. And we hung out there for a while. Such a beautiful, beautiful place. Petra, going down south through those mountains, ending up at the Red Sea. I could have lived there at the Red Sea. It's beautiful. And it's a huge tourist area, too. I guess people from Europe, that's where they like to vacation, a lot of them. And I could understand why. Five-star hotels everywhere. And a bunch of Europeans trying to get a suntan on the beach. It was a trip of a lifetime. And even though we didn't get to go to Egypt, we got to hang out at the Red Sea. I'll never forget Petra. I'll never forget that camel. I'll never forget that 12-year-old boy. In fact, when we were there, I offered him my job. Said, if you ever come to the United States of America, give him my name, my phone number, I'll give you a job. Of course, I never heard from him. He probably makes more money giving donkey tours than I ever could have paid him. I'll never forget those donkeys struggling to take us up there. I've had several encounters with donkeys over my life. They're a pretty dependable animal. For years, Jesse and I would just break out laughing when we looked at each other, remembering that trip up the mountain, riding on those donkeys. What a wonderful, wonderful memory. Wherever you go, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, remember to be kind. It's a simple thing. It's a simple thing. I'll be back next week.